Okay, so I'm just going through the rules here, and it's 14 minutes, so two seven-minute halves, two per side. And very importantly, the team with the most goals wins. I'm really glad. <laughs> it it tends to be how soccer works. Bikes and balls. It's yeah. a catchy logo. Um, slogan. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Mercy. Oh, good time to come. We're in. recording. Oh dear. Oh, we're recording. There you go. How convenient. <laughs> uh, this is the Wheelhouse Podcast. We're talking about balls. Uh, to start off episode 58, I Bikes believe. Bikes and balls. Bikes to and clarify. Balls. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Why don't we have an auto cue? Oh my goodness! So much to talk about today. My name's Joel Spreadborough. Uh, joined, as always, by Catherine Bates. O L Y. Hello. Mm. Hello. It's an exciting week. We have got all of our rainbow jerseys that the wheelhouse owns. I love how you say our. None Ours. of them are mine. <laughs> I've never won a rainbow jersey. Um, on the set here, we've got them all below us. So if you're listening, you can imagine um, that we just have. Fields of rainbows. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're and skipping it's, uh, amongst them. It's appropriate. We're going to talk about uh, a, a very elaborate Glasgow Worlds mm. uh, that's coming up. Reminds me a little bit of a, a video game called California Games, uh, going Ooh. back to the early 90s. I'll get into that. Irrelevant at this time, because we've got <laughs> so much else to talk about. Transfer seasons, uh, season is, is on in earnest. Aussies are going here, there and everywhere. And there's some, some beneficial moves, I think, and some detrimental. We'll get into that as well. Uh, also, and I think very importantly, the Tour de France Femme has, has wrapped up in spectacular fashion. Now, you've got a couple of moments that you'd like to talk about. Last week, we spent a good half hour shit canning the actions of Demi <laughs> Vollery. Uh, but look, I think this yes. week we turn around and say, well done, to Demi for uh, for holding on and, and taking out the uh, the second edition. Mm. Well, I mean, I think if we, I, I whenever I say, mm, you know, Indeed. that I'm trying not to uh, say exactly what's on my mind, yeah. lest Merksy has to hit the button, you know, the off air button, the dump button. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I think that if you want to summarise the Tour de France Femme, you just say SD works. Yep. The good and the bad. Um, Merksy. Sorry, just so you know, we tried to get Demi on the show, but she was unavailable. Because uh, she listened to last week's No episode. good. Yeah, that's exactly it. We had our chance and we blew it. Uh, that's okay. Sozzy. No, look, I think that if you can separate personality or appeal from athleticism, SD works athletically unbelievable. So dominant from uh, Lotta Kopecky, not only taking out stage one and then wearing the Mayo Jean, but having the time trial of her life to make it back onto the podium, uh, the overall GC podium by the end, mm. meaning that climbing the Tourmalet, a rider that is considered a sprinter, stayed close enough to be in GC contention is remarkable. Something special. Absolutely something special. And in many ways, I would say actually more impressive than what Demi Vollering did because we knew that Demi would outclimb not if not everyone, nearly everyone um, on the Tourmalet. That one stage had so much importance. Yep. But in the broader tour, Lotta Kopecky, MVP yep. in my view. Uh, Demi Vollering, the picture of her emerging through the fog on the Tourmalet, if that's not one of the most powerful images of women's sport you've seen, yep. name another one because that was absolutely incredible. And I, I think we're going off a bit of momentum here too because um, – you know, 
my household is getting really into the Women's World Cup and watching the Matildas, go Matildas, Yeah, uh, getting nervous for it, getting excited for it. The kids are just loving these role models. And to have the Tour de France fam on at the same time, it really is this wave of women's sport. Sure is. Netball right? World Cup as well Netball in Cape World Town. Cup. And yep. um, last week I was at a dinner and they... Halfway through the dinner, live turned the swimming on because Molly Ho Callahan broke um, one of the oldest standing world records yeah. in Australian swimming. Like it really is this incredible uh, momentum, and these images are powerful. I mean, I grew up with I uh, got I hate, hate to say it actually, but with Lance Armstrong in the early days when yeah. he was an amateur on my wall yep. from when he won the world championship um, because these iconic images, but we never had them for women's sports. So that's really cool. Mm. Um, Beautifully said. Beautifully said. It's so true. And what a lovely metaphor, the emerging from the mist in in many ways. It is, isn't it? Merxy. 19.7 million French people, about 35% of the population, watch this edition of the Tour de France Femme. Oh, that's incredible. 19.7 million. That's, I mean, wow. That's almost our numbers, like the wheelhouse. Well, we went to watch a game of football, um, World Cup football, the other night. Um, It was France. We felt very French at the moment. A lot of baguette eating going on. We, Um, we. Oh, we, we. Versus No, no, I'm just saying I'm going to go. Kidding, kidding. Sorry. Run to the loo. And... uh, it was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realise there were so many Brazilians in Brisbane. I'll say that. Yeah. It was like a Brazil home game. But at the end, we walked away and said that wasn't just one of the best women's things we've been to, just flat out one of the best sports we've oh, watched. Yeah. And no element of it were you watching women's sport. And I, so I think in the future, I'd like to, it to be the men's Tour de France and the women's Tour de France not just the Tour de France and then the women's Tour de France. Do you know what I mean? Like I in terms of the equal treatment. Yeah. Um, but on that note, there was something I did pick up. You've got some commentary uh, here, haven't I, you? I do. Now, I went through afterwards and kind of looked at all of the overviews and everything that had happened. And, um, you know, there are a few disappointments, I think, for Charlotte Cool to not get her stage win was a bummer. Lorena Vibes to have to leave ill, bummer. Yeah. Um, Annemiek van Vloten, I know that she went there hoping to win. I wanted to ask you about Annemiek. I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. What, what's well, what's, what's, the, what's in the bee in your bonnet? Well, there was a couple of people kicked out of the race. Yes. And by a couple of people, I mean team directors, not writers, yep. team directors, uh, for dangerous driving and for unsporting behaviour. Right. So letting riders draft behind the car or hold on to the car, uh, things that, you know, in plain language, we would call cheating. Yeah. Right. Which rider? Um, well, of course, Demi Vollering was one of them. DV. Okay. Um, and so Danny Stam was the team director. The other team director that was booted out was Cervez Knarvin. Yeah. Now, both of these riders, the sorry, directors, the male team directors, used to be former pros in the male peloton, right? And their argument when they got booted out was this happens in the men's all the time, every day, in and out, in the men's Tour de France, and they don't get kicked out for yeah. it. So it's an interesting argument because, I mean, it's cheating. It's it's wrong. No, but I was about right? to say, we just, we just finished watching the tour and on five, six, seven occasions we had some serious get the fuck out yeah. of the way issues or uh, you're in the ray and 
Jonas is about to catch you. What are you doing? And and nothing nothing happened. No, I mean it, even they get they got a slap on the wrist, maybe a two hundred Swiss franc fine, but not time penalties, not being ejected from the race. And yeah, so okay. I get what they're saying, but what it kind of emerges, it's like there's these rules that everybody knows aren't really enforced, so everybody goes against them, and I guess that's what they're talking about here. And then there's also a heap of rules like you don't attack when the yellow jersey falls off or you don't attack through a feed zone, you don't attack when people are having a pee break, but they're not actual rules. Yeah, that's the unspoken kind of guidelines. Yeah, Yeah. I mean... The code, it's the code. Yeah, like cricket's a sport with lots of... Yeah. These kind of codes of oh the spirit conduct. of cricket don't even get me started. <laughs> but no, it's it's a it's a really good point. So you're hinting at sort of double standards. Well, I'm yeah. I'm curious as to the reason for that. Like, what is there to gain from the women's perspective as as a sport as a whole by not having the same? I don't know. Like, I don't get it. But it kind of goes to a culture, right? Where it is cheating. You shouldn't let a rider draft or yeah. hang on to the car or whatnot. But it's so broadly accepted. That even though they know they're not supposed to do it, they're shocked when they get punished for it. But they need, I think the UCI, hi UCI, it's me again. Uh, don't make her quote, don't, quote don't the Don't make uh, me rule get book. the rule book out. <laughs> I think it's inconsistent. No, so look, that it's a was really a, good point. A takeaway for me that was a little bit of a bummer. Like, why are they cracking down so much on the women but not the men? So is it is it is it a, chronolo- a, a chronology issue here where it's like we watch the tour and like, shit, that happened a lot. Okay. Draw a line in the sand, he says the UCI, from now on, which means moving ahead when we get to the Vuelta, uh, if it's happening there, that we expect to see the same standards applied as, as what we've seen in the Femme because they drew a line in the sand after the tour? I don't know. I guess, we're, I guess we're not to know until we get to the Vuelta, right? Well, I, and then we see. But I, I they hope need, that... They need to speak to this too. They need to say, like, here's what, here's the reason yeah. that they were kicked out and that this didn't happen like that. They need to yeah. front up to that. Well, and I think media need to really um, yeah, get on the blower, Joel. Get a press conference Hello, going. UCI. It's me again. <laughs> okay, I'll call okay, back. It's no, got they, an they, issue. They never want to talk. Yeah, I, I think if the media take them to it yeah. and publicly ask for... Yeah. You know, a comment on the inconsistency. It should puts we get a um, current affair onto them? Oh, we totally should. Yeah, get them in the gutter. Yeah, maybe Amelia Adams or something. Where it hurts. Yeah. Um, she's been doing a really great job on 60 Minutes. There you go. Asking the tough questions. Okay. Yeah, let's do we'll that. Get her on it. it honestly, though, a, a lack of accountability there. But I, that's, I can see a path to that where it's like, in any sport, it's like, oh, shit, that's happened. From now on, we're going to make sure. And it's an unfortunate case of timing in that case. Yes. If it's not that. That's that's shit, and that needs to well, be. We'll be out. watching carefully at the Vuelta, won't we? Well, we will, and it, it, it absolutely needs to because it's going mm. to happen in the Vuelta. Of course, it is. And again, we watched that that Netflix doco showed us the intensity inside a team car. Like, it's not a happy place. It's a very stressful, frantic place. Oh, I, and you know they're going to push it. That's what's going to happen. I want Netflix at Tour de France, fam. That's I, what I 100%. want. hundred percent. That's on my yeah. uh, wish list. Yep, I for, can see for that. For next edition. Uh, Meek, so let's talk about our world-class oh, contenders, and I was pretty keen on AVV going for the Dublé, um, but big loss, I, I think it was, what did she lose? She lost a huge amount in that in stage seven, and then just no chance, no recovery. She did, yeah, and she said that she was a little bit off, but far and above that, she was so incredibly gracious yeah. in her defeat, and um, very complimentary about Demi and her talent, and not only just her physical talent, but her ability to handle the pressure. Um, you know, she said a lot of 
pressure. She there's a lot of pressure on her because she comes in as raining, but she said, "I'm 40. I can handle it. I've been around the block a fair few times." For Demi, she's younger. It's a lot tougher, and yeah. really complimentary of that. And I, I think that just goes to the class of yeah. Anna Mikvevloten, and, and the sport will miss her not just because of her athletic exploits, um, but also her attitude. Because, okay, I look. I've said some things about Demi that maybe show that I think that she's not necessarily the personality that I align with. Yep. Um, I didn't love her attitude at the Tour de France Femme. Yep. Um, Claiming the stage win. When she yeah, I mean, won. I just yeah. think Anna Meek is so classy and we will really, really miss that. Of course we um, will. But she will now go on to the World Championships, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, working for Vollering and Vibes. Yeah. So... I think even that, like, what an incredibly classy way to finish a career. It's huge. As reigning world champion, going in, um, you know, helping your your country mates. But what I, I, I used to say a trident, but it's it's more like a pitchfork, isn't it? There's so <laughs> many spokes on oh, this. Yeah, but, you know, it's changing too because remembering that our two current female world champions in elite, yeah. um, Ellen Van Dyke's not defending because she's pregnant yeah. and Anna Meek is... Not defending because she's retiring. I mean, yeah. she is technically. Things but could happen. But she's there for other reasons. Um, yeah. She's there for other reasons. I like so. the perspective from her too because there is a sense of, as you say, I'm 40. I've done absolutely everything and it's not – I'm not going to cry into my pillow. I had, no. I had a good go. I've done enough. It's all good. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of like that. I like that refreshing sort of uh, – perspective that comes at that when you've been at the top for so long. Yeah, I agree. And I also really liked that Movistar uh, won two stages um, in the eight, you know, eight stages, yeah. winning two. That's a solid quarter Hey, look, for that's them. two more than we won, Kate. <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah, probably not you, but me for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, with Liana Lippert and Emma Norsgaard, because when Anamik leaves, we're not just going to see this gigantic sinkhole open up. Yeah. And I think if she had have left two years ago, it would have a been golf, a bit more a like void. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. I find that really positive as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, look, yeah. uh, I think it's safe to say a successful addition. Honestly, if Indeed. our biggest gripe from that eight days that, that of that event was team cars oh. and a slight little, come on, double standard But that's issue. kind of at the, yeah, that's at the UCI. That's the UCI. The event surprise, itself. Surprise. The athletes performing. <laughs> Aussies. Uh, look, you know. Acquitted reasonably enough, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Spratty had a really great go. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud of her. I think that she's also toward the back end of her career and it's pretty monumental for her to be able to race in um, a women's Tour de France. Yeah. At, with how many years she's raced professionally and not been able to. Yeah. Uh, the same with Rachel Nalen. Fantastic uh, to see her there. A lot of our younger riders, Alex Manley, um, is probably the best performed in terms yep. of and, and in, in sprints. As picked here, yep, uh, yeah, absolutely mentioned. You know, I don't know that any of them will be walking away completely satisfied, but no, I, well, I think they'll be that limping away because that <laughs> oof, my after God, the tourmalade. Tour oh. yeah. But they they held their heads high, and yeah. you know, Worlds is a pretty big goal uh, on the track as well. Track I want to ask road. you about that because ro- this the, the 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 schedule is so compact in this at this time of year. From an Aussie point of view and knowing that there's some some glittering metals potentially <laughs> on offer in Glasgow, does that impede your fam? If you if you get through two or three stages, you're not really GC, you're not really up there. Are you taking your f- foot off the pedal, proverbially? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if we look at Lorena Vibes as a really good example, yeah. yes, she was a bit unwell yeah. and 
while it meant that she pulled out on what was arguably a sprint stage. Yeah. Coming up was the tourmalay and a time trial. It's not really her thing. Not her, she not her does, bag. So it was a good opportunity for her to say, I'm out of here. Two weeks to go until Super World yeah, yeah. and protect herself. So I definitely think it played into it. I mean, on the Super Plus side, Grace Brown fourth in the time trial yeah. on the final day. To me, it seemed like she had a slower start and rode into it. And rode into it, And yeah, again, sure. you know, 10 days until the time trial at Super World. Okay. I, I feel like Super Grover. You know Super Grover? Super Grover. Oh, yeah, from Sesame. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what I'm thinking every time I'm saying oh, Super okay. World. It's like Super Grover. That's why you're going off on the Super World. Yes, yep. that's right. Um, Mine's more like a Super Worlds. It's like an early 90s console video game. Oh, right. So it's like, you know, Sega <laughs> Super Worlds. <laughs> right, so that's where you are. You're on a gaming console. I'm on a, like a I've Master System. I've got a system. little... Um, a little blue cape on a yeah. on a puppet. Okay. <laughs> on a puppet. <laughs> this is the Wheelhouse Podcast. If you've just joined us, this is exactly what we talk about here. Yes. Uh, let's talk about transfers. I think uh, a little bit of news and views that you'd like to share here, Catherine Bates. So we've got yeah. the windows open, which is not in here. It's lovely and warm in here. We don't have any windows in the bunker, but the proverbial <laughs> window is open as of the yep. 1st of August. But like in any sport, and I love this, especially, you know, you follow a little bit of rugby league, and this is this is just a cut and paste every single year. Have they already been talking to other clubs? <gasps> Shock, horror. Turns out it happens in cycling too. Um, chats have been had, chats have been had, and we've got a, a little bit of news. Miles Scottson, Michael Storer, on the move. On the move, you're right. Technically, the window opens on the 1st of August. Yeah. But when things are then announced on the 1st of August... Is the window think, ever closed? Hmm. Is my is it yes. ever really publicly closed? I don't think so. They just have to be <laughs> sneaky, clandestine about it, where yeah. they meet. Um, Michael Storer is... He is off um, to Fabian Cancellara's um, new team, Turbo, which is really interesting. Mm. They've actually signed um, seven big names, including Matteo Trenton, Alberto Denisi, um, Mayerhofer, who you may remember won the Cadet Evans Great yep, Ocean Road Race absolutely. this year. Uh, they are, they've got their eyes on a world tour license for 2026 when they come back up because they're in three year, um, spots. Fabian Cancellara, of course, the, you know, the goat of time trialing. Um, in the cycling world and just the most incredible classics rider. Now, he's yeah. been building this team up bit by bit, and it's really significant um, to see that. But I was particularly interested in Michael Storer leaving um, because we've also got news that Miles Scottson is leaving FDJ. Yep. He is following DeMar, I know DeMar, over to Arkea. No surprise that DeMar's leaving, um, given the spat around the Tour de France. Yeah, and not All being the selected. Drama has sent <laughs> off Drama. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Thank I you. I like that. Yeah. Um, but Scottson and Stora both leaving FDJ means there's no Aussies left at Francais de Jeu. A gulf, which of an Aussie void. I, it's a bit yeah. sad. I mean, this was a massive breeding ground. Yeah, I was going to say talent. a fertile ground in the past. And it, what's 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 what's? I have a few questions here. But firstly, what? Why? Why? Well. No, I mean, Mark Maddio is arguably, if you watch Unchained, and yeah. he's just one of the nicest men in Pro Tour, World Tour Cycling in terms of management. Yeah. And he's been so kind. He's built the most amazing careers for the Aussies from Mark Renshaw to Bradley McGee, Stuart O'Grady, um, you know, Wes Salzberger. There's yep. just been incredible support. It, I was really happy to see Miles Scottson go there, but I... 
think that it has been a little bit toxic in there. Um, we've heard about the drama. We saw it playing out in Unchained, but between Gordu and um, Pino and yeah. Demar, and when they're publicly coming out and saying, I won't ride with him, I refuse to even start in a team with him, something is going on there. And when that kind of environment is bubbling away, you form it's like survivor yeah like you form people that you go with and obviously clicks yeah you know is, is you say nice like nice person nice manager yeah. too is it too nice is there a case that you need to be able to i, I wish where's my gavel i don't have a gavel I, I really wanted to hit the gavel then that's all right um put the foot down <laughs> put the put the fist down on the table like, is, you know what i mean is yeah. if this, i know it was a netflix doco we want to sell it we want it to be dramatic and all of that but is there a case of we've crossed a line of the the insights that we're providing here and we're making him look like a bunch of Twats. angry men. I, I think that Matteo is a kind man, but he's also a very smart man. Yeah. And he chose to take Pino to the tour because essentially like the PR effect of it yeah. over DeMar. There's a reality of that too. You've got to give the sponsors and the fans what they want. And But as an athlete, that is sometimes a little bit tough to take yeah. because for you it's all about the athleticism. Yeah. And so I understand DeMar would be cranky pants and, uh, you know, it's quite possible that he and Scottson are great mates and have okay. formed a really great friendship. It's common that you see people moving together. Yeah. Um, but Michael's store has only been there for one year, so I wonder what's happened there. Uh, yeah. But the other really interesting thing I saw was Magnus Court and Andreas Lechnusand uh, are headed to Uno X, mm. a Danish and a Norwegian rider heading to, the, uh, heading to the Norwegian team. Yeah, okay. It's like the Scandinavians are returning en masse. They're getting back. They're bringing to them back X. together. Whereas all the yes. Aussies are ditching. Jaco. Yeah. Just so we've got. Okay. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's like opposites. That's weird, isn't it? There. It's really cool to, to have a team with such a strong national identity. And yeah. I, you know, immediately I'm like, how long until we have a Viking on a jersey or something? Like, come on now. Put horns on the helmet. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come yeah. on. Give the fans what they want. Yeah. But oh, they're yeah. obviously building to something there. And I think there's a lot, a lot, there's a lot of aspects that that can be um, very beneficial to, not, not least of all the commercial aspect on oh. the home soil, getting them to trot out. In groups. And I love their jerseys that, you know, we're talking previous episodes about go out and buy your favorite jersey because that's how you can contribute. Yeah. They've got great kit. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, it's really cool story to follow actually. So the Cancellara one, just back mm. on that. So we're licensed still years away. Yeah. They're is in is pro it's... tour at the moment. So a step down. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's what you're doing. You're riding on, on the pro tour for two years and then hoping that you'll get onto the world tour after that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because they're not guaranteed yeah. um, starts at grand tours, but they've got some big names going there What's now. He, is he just throwing a, so, a dump truck full uh, of cash? Or? Oh, tell you what, given the goat that he is in the sport, yeah. uh, in his niche, there would be a huge number of riders who would just want to ride under his they guidance. They would be there, okay. Yeah, right. and, and especially if they're in teams where they're like, well, you know, it's not, it's fine, I'm getting paid, but it's not necessarily the big trajectory I want it to be. Whereas they're saying, if I put in this two years now, riding a little bit under, yeah, uh, still getting paid, I could come on to a team that's going to catapult straight to the top of the sport. Correct, but remembering in, right? that Lotto Destiny is pro tour. So it's they're a, not world tour. Yeah, right? right. So historically we kind of 
elevate them yeah, to world yeah. tour and remember that because they used to be there, but they're, they're on there. now level. Well, that was that big footing. carve up, wasn't it? It was. Uh, we we spoke about it on the Wheelhouse podcast with tears in our eyes. It's a a big carve up of uh, of the team. So when was yeah. that? The start of the year. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, so there's someone we haven't mentioned, Caleb. Yeah, where's Caleb? They said he can go, but so far, I mean, again. First of August it opens. People have already done deals. I don't think Caleb's quite there yet, but yeah. but an op- big opportunity for him to step up at Worlds. Yep. And to kind of get his. I mean, sportingly he's got a great reputation because he wins races, but I think Lotto have damaged him from an emotional perspective, and yeah. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And I'll come out fighting for him. Yeah. And I think if he can deliver at Worlds, that's a bit of a stick that up your jumper moment for him. It sure is. And that I think that'll really propel him um, to be able to make some decisions for this his This is the real career. cometh the moment for cometh Caleb the moment. because Indeed. he needs to sort of show everyone again, this is why I deserve to be, you know, in a team that pays well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and looks after me and cares. Because exactly. at the moment, as you say, that brand's a little bit maybe tarnished. And also the lack of results we've seen recently doesn't help. So... Yeah. Good luck on, on Glasgow. What a great segue that is to talk about the Glasgow Worlds, the Super Worlds. Super Worlds. Super Worlds. Uh, <laughs> it's becoming Olympic-like in its every four-year absolute cycling bonanza, as uh, the great Ray Warren would say. Hmm? Just pausing to take in the beautiful bagpipes. This is Merxy playing live for those <laughs> listening at home. I came in this morning, I was like, can you shut up with the bagpipes? And he's like, I'm just I having love, a quick rehearsal. I love bagpipes. They are great. Uh, when I warmed up, i got to say, Johnny Farnham, you're the voice. Yeah. The bagpipes. Yep. They were very high on my warm-up list. Okay. Love it. Very good. I, I do have Scottish heritage, I might also add As that As well. In. With the Danish, yeah. And the Danish, that's, okay. That's what my dad, Robbie, he, you know, had a bit of both. My my grandparents um, were were married. In uh, in Glasgow, in Glasgow. Oh. So I believe. Anyway, moving on, Joel. Moving away from the romance of the Bates family because tree. Because I want to talk about super worlds. Yeah. But I want to tell you a story to start it. You know, I like my random deep dives, right? Yeah. I do you? Yeah, I do. Oh. Uh, if you haven't figured that out, no. <laughs> it's very subtle. They had an opening ceremony, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Um, beautiful because it is a ten-day festival with every cycling. Uh, discipline, yep. road, track, mountain bike, BMX, trials, indoor cycling, Grand Fondo, para as well for the road and track. Missing, we have cyclocross because technically that's a winter sport. Uh, we can debate that at another time, but that's odd. Gravel is missing too, but that's only because when Glasgow got given the Worlds, they didn't have a gravel world championship. Mm-hmm. So that's why. It runs for 10 days. It's enormous. So they had this wonderful opening ceremony of sorts that was a parade yep. through the streets of Glasgow. It's quite nice. You can imagine some flag bearers and... Katie Tunstall. And Katie Tunstall. Yeah. Suddenly I see, Joel. Suddenly I see. <laughs> Such a headliner that I've got, to, I've got to release here talking about Katie Tunstall playing. Oh, do you? And it's like headline performance... Uh, top line, headline yeah. performance by Scottish singer Katie Tunstall. It also featured performances by other Scottish artists and citizens with a mix of professional and community-based organisations, whatever. 
Did you go no back names. to the top line? We had Katie Tunstall. <laughs> there were also some others there. I love her, but I didn't know she was Scottish. But there you go. Huge Ollie Bracer. Scotland, yeah. Um, but the parade, Joel, was led by a very giant, I don't know, do we call it puppet? Effigy? I don't know. Thing. Yeah. Um, of Bessie, the suffragette. Yeah. Bessie Watson. Curious. Uh, was, and I'll bring this around full circle, I promise. She was a nine-year-old Scottish girl who learnt to play the bagpipes. I have a sort of photo. Um, oh, yes. She's wearing a kilt um, and a, a little blue coat. Yeah. Now, when she was nine, she learnt how to play the bagpipes and in doing so yeah. was one of the only women in the world who played and played certainly the, the youngest yeah. woman um, to play the pipes. And she did so to keep her lungs strong. Yep. Uh, she went on to be the face of the suffragette movement because um, she very strongly aligned to it. And as a 10, 11-year-old, she would walk along with the parade um, and play the bagpipes. And because no girls at the time played bagpipes, she became a very strong symbol um, across the country. And now mm. she was given uh, a little badge of um, Queen Boudicca, who is uh, a Scottish queen in history, not an actual queen, but a queen who liberated um, some groups. She then passed that on to Margaret Thatcher when Margaret Thatcher became the first uh, female prime minister. So it's a very, wow. very strong female yeah. um, role model throughout yeah. history in Scotland. And Merckx um, is on the line. Yes. I just looked up Scottish bands and ACDC's listed. What? What? Yeah, yeah, the Scots have, have roots in Glasgow as well, I believe. Yeah, but the ACD, the Akadaka, that's, yeah, well, that's they use the bagpipes a lot, don't they? They do, yeah. they do. I don't know. I, I don't love know. the bagpipes, and I love Bessie Watson, and I love that they put such a strong female a, figure out front. Yeah. And, um, and what I want to know is when you win a medal, when you're on a podium at a World Championships, they give you things, you know, like I've had a, a little stuffed kookaburra before. Yep. Um, and by that, I mean a plush kookaburra. Yeah. Not, not a taxidermied actual... <laughs> okay. kookaburra. I'm glad you cleared that up. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, when I was in Australia, um, you know, are they going to give like little mini bagpipes, little mini Bessies? Like, I wonder what they're going to hand oh, out. Oh, okay. A Bessie at medal, doll. At messi, at messi messi ceremony. Doll. <laughs> at medal ceremonies. A Bessie doll? I yeah. don't know. That'd be very cool. Well, I assume like... If they're using a giant Bessie mascot in the opening ceremony, is, is Bessie not the... I don't know. And know, oh, are they the going mascot? to pipe the national anthems? No. That'd be cool. Oh, it'd be amazing. That'd be, have you ever tried to play the bagpipes? No. Either have I. No, I'd love to, though. Yeah, I, c I can't do anything with I mean, them. Great. You're, you're an asthmatic, aren't you? That would not be good for you. Or maybe, maybe it would, it would be. actually be really good. I don't know. I don't I've know. never tried it. I'll, I'll keep it in, yeah. in Any doctors uh, listening along, <laughs> let yeah, us yeah. know. Just help us out. Uh, yeah. So just to, you know, once we get through the opening ceremony and mm. the, the entertainment provided by Katie Tunstall and others, uh, we have 200 titles. It's a, 200? This is ridiculously, ex it's exciting, but also I'm like, gee whiz, a uh, whole lot going on. Mm. So what have we got? We've got basically the full gamut Um BMX, of course, road racing, freestyle, and of course, cycle ball, which we'll get into as well. Cycle uh, ball. I mm. just think there's no cyclocross, no gravel. There's literally everything else. Mm -hmm. This is a, 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 a schedule to provide 
widespread entertainment on a grand scale. What what do you think? Is it is it, it is. too congested? It's ambitious. Yeah. Uh, I think it's come upon us very quickly because of its timing in the season around the Tour de France, Tour de France Femme. It's an interesting one. I think it's a really cool idea, but I don't know where to start. A, oh, this a is bit. A, exactly. Is this going to bring the cycling purists from all the different disciplines mm. together? Is it going to unite people who love road racing I don't think so. with people who love BMX? Or is no. it going to be like, hang on, I'm sorry. On the map here, it says that BMX is supposed to be here, but we're not the road. It's going to on. Is that what's going to happen? Great accent. Well, what I will say is I love the Olympics. I love Commonwealth Games. I love multi-sport events. Yeah, yeah. Great events, right? But what I love most about them is whoever's broadcasting them, they're across multi-channels, right? And you get to swap between. You can watch highlights of everything. Absolutely. And it's from... You know, whether you're watching them live or catch up, I don't even know how I'm going to watch everything I want to watch because some of the scheduling is overlaps. Of course it does. It has to. But then how do I catch up? To you? Because yeah. to my knowledge, I mean, SBS Broadcasting in Australia, and they will do a fantastic job as they always do, but it's not given the same treatment that, the multi-sport events are given. Yeah. And so I, I feel a bit overwhelmed with it, to be honest. And that's from a media fan perspective. Yeah. Where do you even start? I completely agree. And I think with stuff but, like this, it's like going to a music festival, like a big, big, big music festival. At some point, you are going to have to make a decision between this band's here at this time and yeah. this band's here. And I just think, I don't know, I'm, like, I'm all for celebrating the sport, but 200? <laughs> well, does that, I'm does also, that dilute the the oh, impact of a world title well, as well? I'm a bit bummed that I have to digest track cycling at the same time as road cycling. Well, yes. Like, and then it's over, and yeah. then there's a big gap, and then <laughs> and there's, a, there's big gap. a big hole. I also don't think it's great for the athletes necessarily because it means that you know Remco, for example, has hasn't had a full year in the rainbows. Yeah, and whoever has the rainbows now will have it for well over a year because just, yeah. next year's worlds are back where they used to be timing wise. Eh. I just I just feel like we live in an era of overstuffed content. It's like it's like a blockbuster movie today. It goes I for three hours. It's term. got four hundred storylines in it. It's I very know. hard to follow. Remco, the road the men's road race is happening first. Yes. At well yeah Blink the, and the you miss it because first road event, yeah. The first road event is up first. Blink and you miss it because of all this other hysteria mm. going on. I'm I'm just curious if you need to have <laughs> cycle ball on a schedule alongside elite road racing uh, and, and BM and, and, and all of it. I just well, think maybe it's a little bit busy. Well, I think so too. If we look at the Aussies that are going to do well, yep. we could kind of uh, prioritise our viewing based on that because we do have some good medal chances for things that we would normally only really watch at the Olympics like the BMX, like, yep. you know, our boy from Logan. Yep. Logan he's, he's, from Logan. We're going to get we're going to mic him up, aren't we, during his gold medal run. <laughs> yeah, we need to yeah. give him a call and uh, organise yeah, that. We should introduce ourselves yeah. before we do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've chased him through an airport, Joel. I know. He yeah. should, he really should recognise me know. from that. If, if not for anything other than that's the crazy woman who chased me through an airport. Hello, Logan. Yes, hello. We've we're been watching. watching you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but an event that isn't in the multi-sport events, um, downhill mountain bike, which I love. Yeah. 
We've got great chances in that. And I, there's a little bit of symmetry here because the la- they're in Fort William. The last time they were in Fort William, a world championship was in 2007. And guess who won, Joel? Australia. Sam Hill. Sam Hill, yeah. So I just feel good juju okay. around that. Feeling some historic symmetry. Right, so we've symmetry. got two events to watch. Yeah. Um, the BMX and the downhill. So we're going to miss 198. <laughs> no, well, then we're going to go to the track and we're okay. going to watch the uh, all of it because... I have to watch every minute just yes. to feed my insatiable track yes. cycling appetite. Our um, mate Scott McGrory's there. He is, Merksy. Yeah. Scott McGrory. Lovely, lovely. Uh, g'day, Scott. Hello, Scott, if you're watching, listening, <laughs> yes. sharing, subscribing, we'll, as we've told you to. And, uh, and Scott, I'm, I'm going to call you. I'm staring straight into the camera on set, <laughs> eyeballing you. Please answer the phone next week. We're going to try. Yeah, and, we need a cross, Scotty. Yeah, we yeah. need some, uh, some insight. And he'll be commentating um, for the world feed. Nice. We've got the Aussies in the team sprint who are world champions. Yeah. Our team's pursuit is looking really great. So, okay. okay. So, now we've so got three disciplines. A green and gold fever. Got three yeah. disciplines to watch. Yeah. Uh, in the Grand Fondo, we have over 100 Aussie amateurs riding that, representing Australia. Okay. 87 men and 16 women across like, all the age categories. Wow. Like, Was it like a compulsory service sort of thing? <laughs> That's a lot of Aussies. It is. It's unreal. I see like, Anthony Albanese getting up and saying, do your got, bit for your country. Uh, <laughs> sign up for the Grand Fondo. Oh, it, it worked. It sure it did. Worked. It worked. So, sure and did. my sister, I think, has a couple of her athletes there racing. So, um, good luck to the to the Cabish stable. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, there. But see, so we've got a lot of events that we have to watch, Joel. Yeah. Where we're running into trouble is the one that we really want to watch. We don't have any Aussies in. Uh-huh. The cycle, cycle ball. ball. Rad ball. Rad ball. As it's called so in Germany. So not the only round ball tournament going on at the moment in the world. Yes. We've well, got the FIFA <laughs> Women's World Cup and and the cycle ball. And the cycle ball. And, and I love this because yes. Merksy, being the editorial maestro that he is, found an, an advertisement uh, for Rad Ball from 1966 and... I'm sure Merksy will do something more technical, but I'm just going to hold it up to the camera. You can't really see it. Yeah, I'll put it up. You got it? it? You got it? There it is. Yeah, I'll read a few quotes for it because it's outstanding. Uh, The Austrians call it Brad Ball. I call it Mad Ball, is the headline (laughs) of the article. (laughs) Put soccer on wheels and you'll have a ball, writes Rudolf Novak, a friend of Canadian club. That's how they used to do advertising in the 60s. They're not not a brand ambassador. Or an, un, an unmentioned someone who's just wearing the logo. They're a friend. A, a friend. friend of the brand. This is a breeze, I thought, as I raced to the cut off my opponent. I wheeled into him and easily got the ball away. Then I reared up like a cowboy on a bucking bronco and sent a wicked smash towards the goal. <laughs> it does not say that, does it? It 100% <laughs> says that. That's what it says. Uh, this is I reared up like a bucking bronco. Yeah, oh. and it doesn't end there. If I can just open it. See, I told um, you, bikes and balls are exciting. <laughs> But, Kate Bates, I must have reared too high and smashed too hard, for I began tottering and suddenly came tumbling down. I found myself a heap of tangled arms and legs on the boards. Anyway, that's cycle ball. And please try and remember that the team with the most goals often will win the game. <laughs> well, this is a world, this is a oh world championship. I'm sorry, but like, go, go cycle Bronco. ball. What fun, but for, for goat's sake. For goat's um, sake. Why well, is help. it... You mentioned the goat, Joel, and I'm going to point out that uh, I jumped over onto the Tiki Toki, uh, right, and I followed the goat of Cycle Ball, Patrick Schnetzer. 
Oh, Schnitzer. Oh, the Schnitz. Schnitty? Of course. <laughs> All respect to uh, Schnitty. And he's from um, world champion team, Team Austria. Um, the dominant unbeatable force, Austrians. Yeah. The Austrians yeah. and the Germans. And uh, he's quite clever, I must say. It's, look... I have. He rears up like a bucking bronco. Oh yeah, and then like, at the end of it, Kate, uh, that's when I cried bitte bitte and went with my Austrian friends for a workshop nearby <laughs> for a drink of their favourite whiskey and mine, Canadian Club. It does it not. It one hundred percent says that. That's what it says. That's how they were selling cycle ball, rad ball, mad ball well, in nineteen. <laughs> hold on, and to clarify, yeah. rad isn't like fully sick cool. No, it's bike in German. R- yeah, bike ball. So Bike that's ball. why it's um, called rad ball. <laughs> an incredibly skillful sport to playing football, soccer yes. on a bike. It's, it's, wow. It's what a, an exhibition. It's a game of two halves, Joel. Sure is. Seven, <laughs> seven minutes a half, two players, two players, two I'd halves. I'd love to check it out, but I've got <laughs> 300 other events that I'd love to get to as well. Yes. And the, I mean, go. and to answer your question, yes, the ladies play rad ball too. Good. Yes. They ABV. Just, they Captaining don't, the Dutch team. They don't rear up like <laughs> bucking Broncos. What do you think the ladies do? I don't know. I haven't. I was not prepared for that. I gazelles. Do, pardon? Yeah. pardon Leap Maxi? like gazelles. 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 Yeah, oh, know. yes. They gazelle. I don't know. <laughs> That's the funniest article. He admitted he went out of the pub for a well, glass of our favourite drink. I mean, I'll, I will put it on the uh, show notes, but go to auscycling.org.au slash page slash Glasgow Hub, mm. and you can follow all of the action over there except for Cycle Ball because we don't have a team. So if you want to follow that, not uh, not yet. Go to the not UCI yet. or something. Have you seen me? Not yet. Keep riding oh, a bike. Oh, there's an opportunity. Kicking a ball. Well, Australia has had um, an international bicycle polo team. That's wow. a bit different, though. It's not like they use polo sticks. What do they and call bikes. them? The golden balls. <laughs> The Ozballs. The Ozballs. It, it was Kanga an Olympic. Balls. It was Kanga an Olymp- balls. Olympic demonstration sport in 1908. Thank you oh, very right. much. Oh, the, yeah. it really caught on. Clearly, <laughs> 08. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. But look, let's get you know good. Throw it out there. Get cycling out in as many ways as you can. Mm. Hopefully, it doesn't dilute it too much. I hope it's a roaring success. Let's look at the uh, what is coming up. So we know Remco is going to mm. be there. He hasn't raced since he took out that national title in June. It's been a while. Uh, collision course with your your mate, your cousin. Uh, I reckon it's he'll, early, but thoughts. He's got to go in as a pretty hot favy. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think probably Remco Mads Pedersen are the the riders. You like Mads, big, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got a bit of spunk about him. His personality, I like him. Great spu- you mean spunky as in good looking? No, I mean like. Personality. I've never is. heard spunk used really? to describe, but no, I like it. Oh, it's there good. you like go. Like charisma. Yes, personality. charisma. Spunk. Exactly. Okay, yeah, he's sure. got a bit of spunk about him. And I became a huge fan when he was world champion and at the Tour Down Under and collecting, so his first outing, World Tour outing yeah. in his rainbow stripes, collecting water bottles for Richie Port in his rainbow jersey. And I thought, that's what good. a good that's bloke good. he is. Isn't that great? Isn't yeah. that good? And, you know, the photo on the official press release saying that Remco's angling toward Glasgow and, and you know, Welter, whatever, has a photo of Remco uh, mm. in the press room <gasps> after winning Wollongong. And I looked at it and I joined a couple of dots and did some calculations. Mm. And I worked out that that was moments before he exclusively spoke 
to the Wheelhouse he podcast. He told us he was a fan of the show. So A listener and a fan. G'day, Remco. Yeah, really important point I've Mwah. made there. If, if anything I've said today is worth listening to, it's that little historic recollection. Yep, just right blown there. him a little kiss, Joel, so Mwah. a little bit of good luck. You uh, spunk. <laughs> Hello, Merxy. Oh, he, he won the St. Sebastian Classic. Okay. Oh, yeah. Three times in a row. Oh, oh there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, he goes okay. <laughs> He'll okay. come in as a... News, um, Matthew Vanderpool has a room far away <laughs> on his own. Uh. Very quiet. He, uh, this course is good for, for Matthew because they're saying it's got more turns than a, I don't know, turn factory. And... <laughs> 49 to 50, is it 50, 50 turns or something? Yes, They're like, this, he's the most technically yes. proficient bloke out there. Yes. They took the doorbell off his room, his hotel room. <laughs> I think um, they've got him staying in a tent yes. um, in a field far away so nobody can knock and run on his door. Oh, I mean, all jokes aside, if he doesn't get arrested, he might actually turn up. He might do okay. He might do <laughs> all He might right. do okay. Oh, yeah. They've got a little bit of uh, kind of... Reputation rebuilding. Yeah, to do just no youth site. anywhere near no. him, please. And um, your youth. I mean, on top of that, I just really want to see Caleb um, supported. Yes, and uh, and do his best. Oh, and look, we've spoken about in um, in great detail why it would be beneficial to see Caleb do well, not yes. just from an Aussie point of view, but from his point of view, is. Is in the muck a little bit at the he moment. Is. It will help. He's and in it will the help to just say, you know what, all of this shit. Aside about my personality and about what I'm like to work with, I'm still a really good bike rider. Really good bike I'm a rider. really fucking good and bike rider. And he's actually rider. pretty, he's a, he's a pretty top bloke. I'll give him that. So, you know, if they don't want him, then somebody will. We'll sign him. Yeah, we'll sign Wheelhouse him. Wheelhouse podcast team on its way to, when's the next license window? 2026. 2026. Got a few years. Look out, Cancellara. You got a rival. Uh, now, Kate Bates, I feel like we work hard here and- mm. Uh, you know, never stop really. And I think we deserve a good holiday. And I think I may have found a location for us to have a break, a well-deserved break. Anyone that's listening and supporting the podcast is welcome to join. Pay your own way, of course, but (laughs) we're going to stay. But you'll get our wonderful company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll meet you for brekkie one day, as long as it's a soft 11am start. I was about to say, I don't do mornings, but Merxy's very good at mornings. Merxy will be up on his bike. keep you entertained until we Merxy won't sleep because the location I've found is possibly the most exciting prospect for Merxy, a Peter Sagan (gasps) acolyte. Uh, Peter Sagan has opened up a bike hotel, as I'm sure you're aware, and uh, I just, I cannot get my head around this. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I know it's cool and exciting and good on him, what an entrepreneur, but it's basically a hall dedicated to himself. It's the the Sagan Museum, it, yes. and you can stay at it for the low, low prices of, I'm sure, thousands and thousands of euro a night. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up, Joel, um, because... You know, it's Christmas coming up and wanted to surprise Merxy with something exciting. Right, yeah. And uh, so I, I looked it up because I thought there's nothing I can think to buy Merxy for Christmas that he would like more than <laughs> a room <laughs> with a giant mural of Peter Sagan on it. <coughs> a now, night with Peter. A night with Peter. Now, to be clear, I did consider instead of flying to Europe and going to Zelina. Peter Sagan's hometown, to mm. the bike hotel. I did consider a Peter Sagan mural in the bedroom, but that really creeped me out. So, you know, I decided against that. But for 350 euros a night, Joel. Is that all? Okay. You can get a 62 square metre suite 
with a tub and a terrace and a teapot. Oh, got a teapot. Good, yeah. And Peter Sagan's face, body, all of him on a mural on the wall. It's called a world. It's called the World Championship Suite, and we've, we'll put some photos up of this. Of photos here they are. And uh, Joel, just in case you don't have a budget that extends to 350 euros. Yeah. I've got an alternative. Okay. Um, you can go into the Australia room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's only 30 square metres, so a little it? bit smaller. Um, but it's got a, a wall adorned with everything that he's achieved at the Tour Down Under. Okay, great. So Peter Sagan everywhere. Um, I must say the decor made me giggle a little bit. Uh, that's only 200 euros a night. It's got a teapot, but it doesn't have a terrace or a tub. So. Oh, it doesn't have a tub in the Aussie room. No. The other part of it that I like is the uh, the SP Resort will also be home to the future Peter Sagan Hall of Fame, where you can discover all details of my cycling career. Yes. Is that just like going through each room? Because there's also a Roubaix room, a Giro room, a Vuelta room, a Flanders room. In fact, if you look at the list of rooms, yeah. you know where he's won. Because each room is dedicated. Just in case you had any doubt or if you didn't have, yeah, he's going to make sure you know he's built it. Uh, Now, Merxie, I want to ask you, because you're a Peter Sagan, you know, aficionado, is this a bit much? I'm booking now, Joel. Uh, I'm booking the hypoxic air room. Oh. You can sit in there. It's like a high altitude room. <laughs> Great. It's of everything. Just what and I want pools. on my European getaway. Uh, Gee. The swimming pool. Look breath. at that. Oh, hi. It's got his initials on the bottom of the swimming pool. I do Ooh. like the logo. Look his, at that. His PS logo is called SP. Is a quite a cool logo, I will say. Sargon Peter. Sargon Peter. Sargon um, Peter. It's like, you can check out the stunning views of the Slovakian countryside. And you look the other way, you will check out the stunning views of my portrait. <laughs> it's 50 foot high on every wall. I, Merxie, you can't buy tickets. Accent. You can't buy tickets because that's my Christmas present. Yeah, don't do for it. For you. Thank you. Anyway, check it out online. Uh, Sagan, an absolute <laughs> entrepreneur, uh, moving on to life after cycling by indulging purely in his own hubris, and that's good to see. I, I'm, ha- I'm happy. I can't wait to go there. If you want to go there, you're welcome to join us. As we say, pay your own way, and we'll have a chat. Yep. A tub, a terrace, a teapot, and Peter Sagan. And you can go for an exhilarating <laughs> ride. I know my accent's terrible, but that's the other part. But that's you can what we'll take. Go for an exhilarating ride across the Slovakian countryside, then come back, relax in a tub, and stare at a photo of me. <laughs> I need a nap. (laughs) This has been fun. It's the Wheelhouse Podcast. You can like, share, subscribe, tell everyone you know. Uh, We'll be back for episode 58, 59. 59. Go check out your cycle ball. Yeah, we'll be able to talk all things Glasgow. Let's just have one quick. Mm, It does. It gets you, doesn't it? It does. So for a moment there, I was like, ooh, my breakfast is coming. (laughs) No, it's beautiful bagpipes, and we'll uh, have all the action from Glasgow when we next get into the bunker. My name's Joel Spreadbury. Your name is... Katarina Bartes. Katarina Bartes. Uh, happy wheeling. Happy wheelballing. <laughs> Until next time. And this show brought to you by Canadian Club. Yes, uh, I said I'm absolutely wanked. I'll go and have a, go, a glass of cool, crisp Canadian Club with my best friend Roger. Coincidentally, who also loves Canadian Club. <laughs> By the way, we're on our ball. We're on our bikes, hitting balls around. I love that. It's a whiskey ad. So it's like we've had five hundred Canadian clubs and we're playing soccer on our bikes. Bikes and balls, as brought to you by Canadian Club. <laughs>